Hi, everybody. So happy to be with you. Happy Monday. Happy Masterful Living. Happy New Year's Intentions Week 2. Oh, I just love these classes, and I am so grateful that we get to share them. Yes, it's so powerful and so beautiful, and I honestly have never felt like there was so much exciting love and support for us and really living the love, walking the talk like there is for this year. I just, I think we're going to knock it out of the park for sure. So I'm very, very excited about that. And I have much, much to share. I'm so grateful that we have a whole year. We can just relax. There's no hurry. We've got a whole year. That's the beauty of Masterful Living is we don't have to rush. It's not a four-week class or even a ten-week class or even a three-month class. It's a whole year. So we can just relax into the extraordinary transformation that is the deep desire of our heart. And I love that. Yes. So thank you for joining me. And we're going to start, as we always do, with a prayer and a blessing. So let's take that breath of love and gratitude. So grateful and so thankful that love is all that there is. Love is all that we are. Love is our very nature. It's the essence of our being. We're already as holy as holy can be. We're already perfect. And so we're grateful and thankful to partner up with the higher Holy Spirit self and wholeheartedly say yes to the healing and the transformation that we so desire. So grateful that we don't have to wait anymore. The waiting is over. It's time for us to live a miraculous life. And because we are willing, everything will be provided to us. It is being provided to us. We are grateful and thankful to open our hearts and minds and be profoundly receptive. So we're consciously attuning. Yes, we are consciously attuning to the love, to the perfection and the beauty that is our essence. We're willing to see the perfection and the beauty in our brothers and sisters, in all beings. We are grateful and thankful to claim our inheritance. Our class is a conversation, a divine dialogue that spirit is having with itself by means of us. And we are truly grateful to give ourselves full permission to have this healing divine dialogue. So grateful, so thankful. Oh, yes. Taking that breath in gratitude, we share the benefits with everyone because we're one with them. Sharing the benefits of our healing, our expansion, our clarity, our freedom with everyone because we're one with them. In gratitude, we let it be, and so it is. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Yes. <clears throat> All right. 
So I have uh, many things to cover in our class today, and I will be taking questions on a number of topics. But first, I would like to say that uh, in doing this work, and I don't mind calling it work because I actually like work a lot. I like to work on things. I like to employ my heart and my mind and fully invest myself in things. So to me, these are investments. One of the things that I talk about in Finding Freedom, my Finding Freedom classes, I talk about having a spiritual budget. So in life, we have a budget. Sometimes Not everybody lives with a budget, but some people do. Uh, companies do. And so when you have a budget, uh, if you recognize your deficit spending and you're getting further and further into the hole, into the red, and <clears throat> you've accumulated a big debt and you want, would like to get out of it, what are you going to do? Well... If you'd like to get out of it as fast as you possibly can, you're going to do two things. You're going to increase your income, and you're going to decrease your expenses. That's budgeting 101. So in our spiritual budget, if you're feeling that you don't have peace, if you're not feeling inspired and lifted up, you're going to feel like maybe you're deficit spending. You don't have a lot of energy. You don't have a lot of vitality. You don't feel luminous and radiant. You don't feel in tune with things. If You don't feel that divine wisdom is flowing and clarity and peace and harmony, prosperity and wholeness. If those things don't feel like they're flowing to you, then it might feel like you're deficit spending on a spiritual level going further and further into debt. So if you would like to put things in order and begin to feel like you have an abundance of surplus, then decrease your spending and increase your income. So on a spiritual level, decrease your judgments, your complaints, taking offense, playing small, feeling like a victim. Reduce all of those things, all the judgments, and increase your loving choices, your compassionate choices, your kindness, your caring, your generosity, your compliments, your kind words, your all those things. Increase those things. And before you know it, you will begin to feel like you have an abundance. Abundance of love and compassion and patience and kindness and generosity. And that's very much what Masterful Living is about. It's about that practical transformation in your life. So you remember 
last week I read the the letter from someone who had really transformed their life and it was a surprise to them I was just talking with someone today who uh at at was checking in and said you know Jennifer I just every everybody in my family I see the difference in them everybody in my family everyone around me because I'm changing they're changing and this is very typical so people in a sense will beat their heads against the wall for years desiring to change the people they're in relationship with desiring to change and heal their relationships and they're doing all kinds of things and reading all kinds of books but they're not doing the things that really make a difference. A Course in Miracles says, seek not to change the world, but to change your mind about the world. Be the change you'd like to see in the world. That's what Gandhi said. So that's what we focus on in Masterful Living. Now, one thing to uh, some of the basics... One of the things we'll do is we will cover a bunch of basics in terms of spiritual principle. Here's something to know about that. There are a lot of people in this class have been studying spirituality for decades. It's not uncommon for there to be people in this class who have been studying spirituality far longer than I have. Not uncommon at all. It's not uncommon to have people who have... Um, graduate degrees, who are ministers and practitioners of all kinds, who know a tremendous amount about spiritual teachings. And for me, I can tell you that I was literally teaching the law of cause and effect and still not fully living as though I believed it and understood it and knew it to be true. Course in Miracles says, all things work together for good. There are no exceptions. I used to make exceptions all the time. Labeling this not good and that not good. So, when I do review spiritual principle, we're not going to focus on that all year long, but we're going to keep coming back to it. Because... What I can tell you from my own experience, through my willingness to change my mind, I had experiences where I heard the spiritual principle that I'd heard thousands of times before, and I heard it for the first time. And I realized, oh, I get it now. I thought I got it before, but I only got it in my intellect. Ego drives the intellect. Now I'm living from my heart. I got it in my heart. Just now, for the very first time, I got it in my heart. Oh, thank you, God. So one of the things that many people have told me over the years is that they're in a class with me. Suddenly, for the first time, they get it. Something that they've heard hundreds and thousands of times. Now they finally get it. It doesn't have to do with me. It has to do with the willingness that people bring to masterful living. So, how 
Earth works on a basic Earth 101 basis. Let's let's just cut some very simple understanding of that because we're going to apply this to everything we do this year. So the basics of how it works, it's about the law of cause and effect. And there's a wonderful section for those who like to uh, read A Course in Miracles. In the text, uh, there is a, a section in Chapter 2 called Cause and Effect. It's right after um, the section on fear, fear and conflict. And so uh, I encourage you to read that if you're interested in what A Course in Miracles has to say about cause and effect. Essentially... And this is A Course in Miracles, and I add a little bit of what I like to think of as clarity to it. So, we come into our human experience, our incarnation, with a set of beliefs. And then it looks like, as we're growing up through our childhood, things happen in our childhood in our formative years, that seem to cause us to believe something. So, in other words, uh, my father was very controlling and mean to me, and therefore I came to believe that I wasn't good enough and I didn't deserve. That's what it looks like. What I will tell you is, and what a Course of Miracles will tell you is that we had those beliefs coming in and we encoded these experiences into our life script to trigger these beliefs to come to the surface of our mind, to the front of our attention, our awareness, so that we would choose again. And choose not to believe them anymore. Sometimes we do it through experiencing the pain of believing them for many years. And finally we reach a point of willingness where we go, I'm not willing to believe that anymore. I'm willing to believe the truth. I'm willing to let this go. And then if we're really willing, truly willing, Then, we can hand it over to the higher self, the Holy Spirit, and it can be removed from our belief system. And we don't ever need to think it again, because we've completed our learning, and we can move on. Now... I wouldn't be able to teach this and share this if I hadn't experienced it myself. So one of the things we'll be working with this year is releasing the false beliefs, known and unknown, felt and not felt, recognized and not even recognized. 
we'll be handing them over to the higher Holy Spirit self for healing. This is one of the main things we'll be focusing on. At the beginning of the year here, we're laying the foundation for the year. We can't do everything at once. So we're focusing on really getting clear about our motivation for doing the work. Because motivation is really, it's an ego tool to keep us going. So we're going to start with motivation. And as we work with motivation, we're going to gather inspiration. We're going to marry them together. So... First, I just want to say as an aside that you'll hear me say higher Holy Spirit self. I'm just going to define that term for us there. So Course in Miracles talks about the Holy Spirit. And it also talks about the Holy Spirit being our higher self. It doesn't use the word higher self, but that's what it is. It is what we, when we use the words higher self, it's the same thing as the Holy Spirit. It's also the same thing as what some people call the I am presence. It's also the same thing as what some people call the guardian angel. And it's also what some people call the white fire being. So there are many names for this higher Holy Spirit self. I like higher Holy Spirit self because... For, I, I've met a number of Course of Miracles students over the years who talk about the Holy Spirit as though the Holy Spirit is separate from them and doesn't have anything to do with them. But the Holy Spirit is their higher self. And I find it is refreshing and helpful to think of the higher self, the I Am Presence, the Guardian Angel, as part of our own being and not separate. Because we're eliminating the belief of in separation on all levels. So let's do it with the Holy Spirit. Let's do it with God. Let's really go for the unity, shifting our mind into understanding, believing, knowing, feeling the oneness of all life. So shifting our language can really help with it. So that's why I say higher Holy Spirit self. Now, in terms of the way our belief and our thoughts work, we're going to get into that. And um, I've worked with a lot of people who have studied uh, the teachings of the Fillmores, Charles and Myrtle Fillmore, the Unity Teachers, uh, who have worked with Ernest Holmes' teachings, with A Course in Miracles, many, many different teachings on belief and thought, and have found the way that I presented to be helpful. So I, I trust that you will as well. Now, one thing to understand is about ego, because uh, we have... M many Course in Miracles students in this class and many people who are not Course in Miracles students in this class. It doesn't really matter if you're Course in Miracles or not. Uh, the Course in Miracles people <clears throat> have uh, always told me that they found that Masterful Living really helped them to clearly 
uh, apply A Course in Miracles teachings in ways that they had never even considered before and that they finally were really getting A Course in Miracles. I've heard that many, many times. I've heard many people tell me that they never thought about A Course in Miracles till they came to Masterful Living. And uh, I've also had many people say at the end of the year of Masterful Living that they still weren't into A Course of Miracles, and that's fine. I will give you some uh, short assignments to read in the course, and they're they're easy to uh, obtain and to work with. And you know, I trust you'll find them helpful. Now, one of the main terms in A Course of Miracles is ego. And A Course of Miracles has a different term for ego than is commonly used in psychology. So A Course of Miracles... And this is, I'm going to be talking about this in my radio show, uh, tomorrow, actually. What, the topic is, what is the ego? And the, the ego is a thought system that allows us to experience separation in our mind. It's not real. It's, it's an illusion in our mind. But the ego thought system is, that mindset, that system of thoughts that allows us to experience the feeling of separation. And so it serves, it serves, everything serves God. Of course it does. So even the ego serves God. Um, and I find it helpful to think of the ego like a puppet. Okay, think of a hand puppet, right, or a sock puppet, some kind of puppet you would put your hand in to manipulate. So you take your hand out of that puppet, and it has no power of its own. It can't perform anything, it can't share anything, it can't do anything. It's just a piece of fabric, cloth, whatever it is, but it has no volition, uh, meaning it has no impetus of its own, it has no um, desire, it has no motivation or inspiration. It's an inanimate thing. Until you put your hand in it, that puppet is an inanimate thing. And it's you giving it your energy, lending it your energy by putting it on like a garment or a costume for your hand, let's say, <clears throat> that's what animates it. If you don't do that, it's nothing. It has no power, can't do anything. It's nothing. doesn't have the power to bring anything into manifestation. It's nothing. And that's what the ego is. But, when we start thinking those ego thoughts, when we start identifying with the ego, then because our mind is the mind of God, which is the only power there is, our mind is the mind of God. The mind of God is love, pure love. Love is the only fuel there is for anything in this entire universe, in in, in all infinite 
consciousness, unconsciousness. There's just the loving mind of God. So we <coughs> invest the loving mind of God into any thought, that thought will seem to have power. doesn't matter what kind of a thought it is. It could be completely crazy. But it will seem to have power simply because we have invested the only power there is, which is our attention, our belief into it. So <clears throat> when I'm talking about the ego, I think it's helpful to think of it like a puppet. You have to engage and invest your energy in order for it to do anything. And even then, that puppet can't do anything. It doesn't do anything. You do it with the disguise of the puppet. So if the puppet's on your hand and you're picking something up as the puppet, the puppet isn't picking anything up. You're picking it up. But you're in disguise. Your hand is in disguise as the puppet. It's an illusion. So the whole thought system of the ego is 100% lack and limitation. Because it's all about separation. What is it separate from? It's about separation from the entire supply of the all good it's about separation from insight and wisdom and clarity and abundance and prosperity and joy and freedom and wholeness and healing and harmony creativity beauty truth everything that's desirable the ego is about separation from everything True and real and good and desirable. And that's why it's 100% entirely a system of lack and limitation. Because the nature of God, which is our nature, is unlimited. It's 100% of the time unprecedented. That's our nature. Unlimited, unprecedented. In God, lack doesn't exist. There is no lack unless we are living in an illusion, in a delusion. Then we can experience lack and limitation. But when we're aligned with truth, it's not even possible for us to experience lack and limitation. Because they don't actually exist. We can manifest a myriad of experiences that seem to prove lack and limitation. But that doesn't mean lack and limitation is real. It just means that we believe it. And so we're seeing it. So... <clears throat> There are two major blocks for spiritual students 
but we're going to be eliminating them from our life during this year. Number one, mental clutter. I call eliminating the mental clutter, taking out the trash. Taking out the trash that has been cluttering our mind. Now, one of the things many people who come into class with me, they're like me. They like to analyze things. They like to know it all. They like to collect information, uh, spiritual books with all kinds of information, and to read and to study and to analyze and to figure everything out and to uh, have all that intellectual adventure. As a spiritual student, I reached a point where I realized this is just clutter in my mind. I need to just get rid of all these books. Forget about all this stuff. It it really is not what's important for me to know. The thing that's important for me to know is I am love and I am beloved. And I need to focus on really understanding that, living that, experiencing that, knowing that, sharing that. So I need to concentrate on forgiveness. I, I came to that before I came to A Course in Miracles. So that's why when I came to A Course in Miracles, I was just like, oh, dude, you're speaking my language. This is, yes. It was just ice cream and cake to me. So the mental clutter is thinking that all this spiritual information that we've collected for such a long time is going to help us. It usually doesn't. It's just clutter in our mind. So one of the things that we as spiritual students need to start doing is, or it, it's helpful to start doing, is just like all those books and things, a lot of them, we can just put them away. Put them away. For me, I just put bags and bags of books to the library and gave them away. And uh, But you don't have to get rid of anything you love. But just for a while, just... Put all that intellectual stuff away. And instead of looking outside yourself in a book, recognize that the book, even A Course of Miracles, is written in your heart. It's already there. Because it all comes from the one mind. You share the one mind. So therefore, it's in your mind. Look for it there. Seek first the kingdom, which is within, and all else will be added unto you. And what is the all else that will be added unto you? The remembrance, the awareness of the truth, which is your liberation, it's your freedom. So, clearing the mental clutter is one of our main focuses this year. When the clutter is gone, then we can have a pristine awareness, a clear awareness, and then the insights, the wisdom, the intuition, the divine guidance, it comes right in. We recognize it. We move. We groove with it. We don't stress about it. We don't fear. We we just know, oh, this is the right thing to do, and we do it. Oh, this is not the right thing to do, and we don't do it. It's clear because our mind is not cluttered. So many times 
one of the most most common questions I get is, how do I know the difference between intuition and ego? Ego is unkind and mean and judgmental, has attitude, uh, has opinions, and spirit, divine guidance, inspiration, intuition, it's quiet, still, small voice, a feeling, a sense, a picture in your mind that just feels clear and true and right, often very repetitive, no fireworks, no drama, no attitude, not, it's, it, the intuition doesn't say, you better do that or you're going to be in big trouble. That That would be the ego. The intuition would say, do this, do this now, do this, do this now, very quietly, no insistence, no attitude. So the more we clear the mental clutter, which will require real effort, you know, it does. It requires real effort. I'm not going to kid you. And there are going to be times when you are going to realize you are clinging to the trash that is stinking up your life. And you're clinging to it. And you don't want to let it go because you're so identified with it. And that's when your prayer partners and your community and me, we're all going to be there for you. And we're going to hold the light for you so you can let the trash go. And it will help everyone in your life when you do. So... The other thing is emotional clutter, which, by the way, emotional clutter comes from mental clutter. But emotional clutter is can be very habitual, that we have a habit of taking offense every time someone uh, leaves the coffee maker on too long, every time someone doesn't take out the trash from the kitchen. Whatever it is, right, we have all these emotional reactions that we've been doing our whole life or much of our life, and it's so habitual. We have a lot of emotional clutter. We we cling to things. So that leads me back to last week. So last week we were doing not a full inventory, just what's on the top shelf, you know, what's at the very surface of emotional clutter that we've been holding on to, usually for quite a while, that is right there on the surface. And seeing how much of our attention is it occupying, 50%, 60%, 70%, 90%, 100%. Looking at that, just saying, oh, my gosh, just a few of these things on my list are literally taking 80% of my attention. It's not everything we're upset about. It's not everything we're angry about. It's not everything we're sad about. It's not everything we resent. It's not everything we feel guilty about. It's just a few things, and it's taking up that much of my attention. I remember in some class that Carolyn Mace did, 
trying to remember which one now. It might have been Anatomy of the Spirit, which is a book I do recommend that you read this year. It's uh, about the chakras. So read it, don't read it, that's up to you. But I do find it helpful. There's no need to read it right away, though, for sure. Um, maybe it's in there. Oh, no, you know where it is? It's in um, Why People Don't Heal and How They Can. In that audio <clears throat> version, I like her, her audios better than I like her books. The only exception is, is uh, for me, personally, just my personal perception, uh, I, do, I do like the book of Anatomy of the Spirit. And her books and her audios are completely different. Her audios are not... She doesn't ever read her books. She gives talks on them. So they are very different from the books themselves. And um, I like her talks better than her writing usually. Anyway, why people don't heal and how they can. In there, I believe it was, she talks about how every day each person on the planet is given what we could say is um, a certain amount of we'll call it spiritual coin. So imagine like you're given $100 a day, okay? And all you're going to need to get through your day for all your expenses is $100. And so every day, Spirit gives you $100 to meet all your expenses, all needs met in God. So you get that every day, all your expenses covered. Spend it how you will. Now, what she says, and I, I do believe this to be true, she says, if we hold on to resentment, regret, unforgiveness, then what we're doing is we're taking some of that spiritual coin, that $100, and we're investing it and holding on to those things. And if we keep investing more and more into holding on to these things from the past, the mental and emotional clutter, then we're deficit spending. And we don't have enough to do the things we need to do. And what she says, remember she's a medical intuitive, she says that where do we get the extra cash from in order to make it through the day? Number one we take it from our creativity. Number two, we take it from the energy that we have to heal our bodies and keep our bodies healthy. So if you'd like to have a return to creativity, if you'd like to have great health and vitality and radiance and luminosity, it may really benefit you to take out the trash, the mental and emotional clutter, and let it go. And there's so much freedom, so much freedom. I wonder if there's anybody who's listening right now who has been in Masterful Living uh, and been taking out the trash that would just give a short... Um, statement of their experience of this for 
the new folks. Anybody from anybody been doing this work with me for a while can uh, share something about it, just briefly. Star two to raise your hand. All right, Deb is raising her hand here. Hey, Deb. Hey, hi. Hi. I can say with Masterful Living One, I took out lots of trash. I let go of resentments and unforgiveness around some family issues, and I just experienced more peace and more joy and less upset and quite powerful. Still have trash to take out, but... Mm-hmm, me uh, too. It's much easier, more fun to live, <laughs> more joyful, mm-hmm. more on purpose. Mm-hmm. More and, connected. And are you finding that it's easier to identify the trash? Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and do you feel to, Go ahead. It's easier to um, receive guidance and follow that intuitive mm. inner voice. Mhm. Not that I'm always still, but much more stillness. Mhm. And I still work at not getting too busy. Mhm. But that's my awareness of trash to take out something coming up for healing when I'm mm-hmm. too busy on trying to avoid something usually. Mhm. Great. That's helpful. Thanks for sharing, Deb. You're welcome. (laughs) All right. Yeah. Uh, Let's see here. Now, I would like to just see if anybody has been thinking over the last week about their percentage. Anybody had any more insights or ahas? about the percentage that you got last week and any difference that this awareness, thinking about this, what we did in last week's class, anything that it's brought to your mind, to your awareness, star two to raise your hand. All right, while you're thinking about that, I am going to read something that Claire wrote in, because she's in Zurich, so uh, she's sleeping now. She says, Hi, Jennifer, sending this question in advance as I will be listening to the replay. I spent some time yesterday thinking about what I'd like to set as my aspiration, intention, and goal for this year. I asked for guidance and got inspiration quite quickly. 
the trouble is I'm finding it hard to get over the feeling that my intentions and goals are a bit selfish. My aspiration is to be a loving presence for my family and friends and in the world. My intention is to deeply and completely love and accept myself and live courageously knowing that I am always safe, surrounded, supported, and worthy of love and abundance. My goal is to feel comfortable and beautiful in my body, my home, and all my relationships and share the benefits with everyone. I guess the key is in sharing the benefits part. I do know that as I feel happier and more fulfilled, I can spread love around. But I do have this nagging feeling that I'm being selfish. In your experience, will this fade away? Thank you, Claire. Yeah, it will fade away. You know, this is the thing about the ego, is the ego will very often label the spiritual progress, the spiritual investments that we have to take time to be with spirit, take time for our spiritual practice, take time to feel our feelings, to be self-loving, self-nurturing. The ego will label it as selfish. It's not selfish. Because when we are lifted up in vibration, we draw all people up with us because all minds are joined. It's actually the opposite, that it's selfish to do things that are only productive for yourself, like, well, I can't even actually think of anything that would be, well, okay, here's what's selfish, judging, complaining, things like that. That's what's really selfish, actually selfish, because no one benefits from it, least of all you. So, Yep, the spirit and the ego have very different perspectives. All right, so uh, anyone have any insights about their percentage last week? Star two to raise your hand. Now, in since no one's raising their hand, I'm just going to go forward, but if you think of something, feel free to raise your hand. All right, I'm not sure um, who it is, but uh, we've got someone here in Wyoming. Yeah, this is Tammy. Okay, Tammy, I have to get used to which one's you and which one's your sister, Lori. <laughs> well, we have that. We have that happen every day because we look just alike. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was. Um, I was going to say that my my I went 85% when we first talked about uh, and and it went of all of the you know worry and fret and so on and I think I went all the way up to 100 <laughs> and had quite uh-huh. a week and ended up with a bad migraine on Saturday and it's just really barely lifting today I got so hooked with with a work situation and um it even continued on a little bit today, and I was just looking outside, and I remembered seeing a video of these two people sitting on on a picnic blanket, 
and then the camera goes up higher, and then you see them down way below, and then it goes up higher, and you see the community, and it goes up higher, and you see the country, and it go, and so it just it I finally it finally lifted because you know when you go out into outer space, the, those little things are just nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, mm. so I just noticed by just becoming aware of them, it actually magnified, and. Uh, and very uncomfortable, very miserable. <laughs> mm. So now I would say tonight, after my experience with the star, that it came back down to zero. <clears throat> ah, great. So um, you can see that your investment goes up and down. Yes. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Circumstances, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And do you have a different perspective on it now? Like, do well, you hold it differently love, in your mind? Mm-hmm. I love your analogy of the puppet, that we control mm-hmm. the puppet. I was yeah. just laughing about that, seeing it in front of me, seeing it behind me, torturing me. <laughs> I'm doing it all <laughs> to myself. <laughs> That's great. <clears throat> yes. Yeah, it's helpful to have these these um, ways of looking at things. I mean, I feel like this is one of the, the, the great gifts for me is when I can see these things and go, oh, gosh, now I can see what it is. Okay, it's, mm-hmm. it's a monster under the bed. It's a puppet. It's, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. really helpful to me, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, I thank you for thank sharing, you for Tammy. Yeah. You bet. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. So what we're beginning to see here, and you'll see it more and more as you go along this year, that you're the one who decides where to invest your attention. You can invest it in something negative. You can invest it in something positive. We all know this, right? So the thing is, is as we go through the year, becoming more and more aware, we become more quick to realize, oh, wait a minute, I, I'm I'm making myself unhappy here. I, I don't need to think these thoughts. And we can change our mind and do exactly what A Course in Miracles tells us is to go the other way. It, it tells us to um, choose again. And that's what we learn to do. Choose again and again and again and again. And it's gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. One of the things I'd like you to know uh, regarding the workbooks is there's a lot in the workbooks and there's a lot that's the same in all three workbooks because there are uh, very simple sheets that you can fill out five minutes in the morning and five minutes at night. Uh, Those are the daily journals. Um, Some people love, love, love them. Some people never do them. It's totally up to you. But they're there for you if you decide you'd like to try them. And so you might just try it for a week. Five minutes in the morning, five minutes in the evening. Very simple. It's good, I think, to do things just five minutes here, five minutes there. It's not a big commitment. The ego doesn't feel it's a burden. Uh, 
Because one of the things to be extremely watchful for, particularly in the first few months here, is the ego is going to, the ego, which again, it, it doesn't have its own mind, but your mind invested in the ego, right? Your mind, your hand in the puppet. What it appears is, is that you, you, you'll be looking for any reason to quit. So this is why I don't make assignments from the workbook. Because it just becomes a reason for people to quit. I can't get everything done in the workbook. If I can't do it perfectly, i got to get out of here. So there's no perfect way to do masterful living. Each person's way is going to be uniquely their own. And so nothing is required of you. So there's there's no way to fail, really. So we can just say to the ego, look, I am doing this. It is being done by me. It's happening. And I am going at the pace that feels comfortable for me. Because I'm a grown-up, I'm in charge of my own life, and I am doing this to improve my life, so I don't need to do it like a tyrant. And I don't need to think I'm failing. I'm just doing it at the pace that feels right for me. And sometimes you'll be all gung-ho, and other times you'll be focused on family vacation or this or that. It's just, that's life. That's why it's a year-long course. And the people who have been doing this with me for several years and have radically changed their life, what do they have in common? They have in common a willingness to do a little bit most days. And some days they do quite a bit. That's how people are. A little bit most days. Some days nothing. And then some days a lot. Finding the balance that works for you. So the exercise that we did last week is called taking stock of your investments. Where are you investing your time, your energy, and your attention? And oftentimes, if you think of those lists of the shame and the blame and the regret and the resentment and the hurt, etc., how much money do you invest in managing and coping with those things, right? So for me, I used to self-medicate 10 different ways, you know. I self sometimes I'd self-medicate with alcohol, sometimes I'd self-medicate with food, sometimes I'd self-medicate with cigarettes, sometimes I'd self-medicate with working, sometimes with going to the gym, talking on the phone, uh just watching television, just so many different kinds of ways to self-medicate. And I always joke that I was never one to do it with cleaning. And that the people who do it with cleaning, they come over to my house and clean my house, and then we talk about it. <laughs> um, Got to laugh sometimes. And um, all the time, it's good to laugh. Remember, we've, we forgot to laugh. That's how we got into this mess in the first place. So we're, we're remembering to laugh now. And uh, so a lot of those self-medication 
could end up costing quite a bit of money. Right? You add up the the foods and the cigarettes and the the uh, alcohol and all, all kinds of things that people do, shopping and going out to bars, just all the myriad things that people do investing their money in. It can So it's time, energy, and money. And the other thing is, is that when we start taking out this mental and emotional trash, clearing the clutter, we have so much more clarity about good investments. And we become so much more open to all kinds of loot and booty and good things from the universe. And a lot of it has to do with, because we can hear divine guidance, a lot of it has to do with because we feel worthy. So uh, the, the, the story that Spirit's giving me to tell you right now real quickly is um, a, a number of years ago, maybe half a dozen years ago, I... Uh, had made up my mind, I'm going to get one of those dehydrators and I'm going to make kale chips because I really like kale chips. And I'm going to dehydrate my own bananas and do different things like that in the dehydrator. So I um, was getting ready to go shopping online for a dehydrator and find out which one to get, that kind of thing. And I'm going to take a sip of my tea here, just a moment. And so I uh, was getting ready to go shopping for online for a, a dehydrator, and my intuition said, wait, don't buy it now, wait a couple weeks till after your birthday. And I was thinking, I was going to give myself that for my birthday. And uh, I could feel my intuition. So I said, well, I guess I won't be doing that now. So I did not buy a dehydrator. And I checked in. Like right around the time of my birthday, I thought, you know, I'd really like to get myself this for my birthday. No, just wait. I really got clearly, no, just wait. It's not, uh, you know, no drama, very quiet, intuitive sense of it. So then right after my birthday, maybe even my birthday weekend, I went to visit my goddaughter. And... Her mother said to me, hey, we just bought this dehydrator, and we realized that this is not the kind that we want. We're going to send it back, but would you like it? If you'd like it, you can have it. I said, yes, I would like that. Thank you. I'm going to put it in the car now. <laughs> so then, you know, save myself 100 bucks or whatever. Got a beautiful dehydrator. Because I listened to my intuition. Now, if I had bought myself my dehydrator, it would have come already. I would have had it. And then I would have been like, oh, well, I, I just bought one. Oh, poo. 
right? So this is the thing, listening to our intuition. I cannot tell you how many times I have had experiences like that uh, and, and experiences that bring me so much more financial benefit. Uh, just I could go on and on and on. I have hundreds of stories. So, I mean, just unbelievable things that people have given me and things like that because I listened to my intuition because I did what my intuition said to do, even though at the time it was like not what my ego wanted to do. My ego said, I want to get that dehydrator now. I'd like to start dehydrating things now. I don't want to have to wait. But Spirit just said, wait. Well, I was very happy to have waited once I had my new dehydrator at home and saved a hundred bucks. So there you go. It's those kinds of things. Um, it's it's very much about uh, if you think of that story in um, Disappearance of the Universe, Gary Renard, he had two movie choices. He picked one movie and uh, Artin and Persa said to him, if you'd gone to the other movie, you would have gotten in a car accident. Because you picked that movie, you were on the freeway at a different time, and so you weren't going to be in that accident. Had you gotten in the accident, you would have had a long recovery, you've been in the hospital, so many things to forgive in the hospital. So you would have had so many forgiveness opportunities, but because you were already so actively practicing forgiveness, you didn't need those forgiveness opportunities. So all you had to do is forgive yourself for choosing a movie that wasn't so good. And this is the thing is, when our mind and our heart are cleared of more and more clutter, we can hear the intuition that says, this one, not that one. And it saves a lot of pain and suffering. So we can learn through joy. I learned through the joy of receiving the dehydrator. And you know what? You are learning through the joy of my receiving the dehydrator. I could tell you a story of how I learned it the hard way. Because if I had not listened to my intuition... I would be telling you the story of how I learned it the hard way. You see how this works? We can learn through pain. We can learn through joy. It's up to us. All right. Oh, you see, I just this is why I love what I do, because we can save so much pain and suffering. Now, what I'd like to do is I'm going to do a guided meditation for us, um, that's going to be related to your aspiration, your intention, and your goals. And uh, I'd like to have that be the very last thing that we do. So if you have any burning questions, and I haven't looked at Facebook yesterday or today, I like to take at least one day off, and today was extremely, and I did yesterday from the Facebook um, pretty much, and uh Today, I, I have not had an opportunity. There's always a lot to do at the beginning of the year. and um, But if you have any questions, you can always put them in the Facebook group. Uh, one thing I posted in the Facebook group is, uh, and if you have a burning question now, start two to raise your hand or you can type it in. 
And uh, I, I like to send everybody a birthday card. I like to make birthday cards and send them out. And um, so I need your birthday. If you'd like to receive a birthday card from me, it's fine. If you don't want to tell me your birthday, I I get it. Well, I don't really, but that's okay. I don't need to get it. I respect it. And um, so I put a link in the Facebook group. If you're not in the Facebook group, that's fine. You can always join the Facebook group. I think we've pretty much sent everyone an invite to join the Facebook group, um, which is just Masterful Living 2017. You can look for it if and ask to be invited if you haven't uh, received that invite. Um, in the member site... If you, up in the top right, I believe it is, you can go to my account and put your birthday in there. So, uh, and if that is complicated, you can also email admin, A-D-M-I-N, and um, tell us your birthday. We don't need to know your the year you were born. Um, you can tell us. I was born in 1959. It's no secret. doesn't matter. Um but if you tell me your birthday, then I can send you my birthday card. All right. Julie is raising her hand here, so I'm going to unmute you, Julie. Hey there. I am here. Yes, thank you. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is fun and kind of freaky at the same time. So <laughs> I, <laughs> I am sitting here feeling all kinds of feelings because I realize something that trips me up is being able to ask spirit for anything. Like how to ask without begging or, you know, and, and part of this I think comes from my new, my, I started about three years ago really diving into a different way of looking at God and and similar teachings that you're that you are talking about and using as reference. And so there's some guilt and a little bit of weird, uncomfortable feelings when I think about asking for guidance or um Yeah, that's pretty normal, Julie. And what I've seen for people in Masterful Living is they they do find that that fades away, and uh, because they start to realize that there's so much benefit to asking, mm-hmm. and um, and they see that it's not being withheld from them. So th- this is what I've learned is. We don't ask for things to make us happy. Mm-hmm. We don't ask like that. And we don't ask, you know, please, 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 please let my friend invite me to the party. It's, it's you know, please, please may he not leave me. Please, you know, may he stay with me. Um, it's we we're not begging like that but mm-hmm. and this may sound a bit odd but it's really here's what I'd like 
and to be able to state it that way without attachment. And it's amazing what unfolds. Mm. I, I was telling a story recently that, oh, 10, 11 years ago, I just had this wave of feeling. I, I don't remember what precipitated it, but I remember I was standing uh, at my desk, and I I just had this thought, this feeling, I, w- I would like to go to Hawaii. I've never been to Hawaii. I'd like to go to Hawaii. I really would like to go to Hawaii. And so that was it. I just put it out there. And I really felt it, like, oh, yes, I'd like to go to Hawaii. And about two weeks later, my goddaughter's mother called me up and said, we're going to go to Hawaii and we'd like you to come with us. Could we pay you to come with us to Hawaii so we have a third person to help with the baby? Mm. Uh, my goddaughter had just been born, something like that. I can't remember exactly. And and I said, well, you don't have to pay me. Oh, well, we will pay you. You know, we know you won't be able to see any clients. You won't be able to do anything. You know, we'll pay you. And I said, well, you, you don't have to pay me. But, yes, I'd love to come to Hawaii with you. And I remember uh, the first morning that we were there, we stayed at a five-star resort, and it was fantastic, flew first class. It was just lovely all the way. And um, all expenses paid for me. And uh, I woke up, the sun was just coming up, just barely dawn. And I I put on the bathrobe, and I walked out the door, right down to the shore because we were on the shore and I just stepped into that Hawaiian water and it was so warm and nice and I just said oh thank you God thank you for bringing me here thank you thank you mm-hmm. now when I stood in my office and I said I'd really like to go to Hawaii I had a real strong feeling about it I can't remember what precipitated it because I had never wanted to go to Hawaii ever before then but all of a sudden it came upon me and somebody could say well you you probably knew that they were planning this trip to Hawaii and wanted you to come maybe mm-hmm. maybe it's all you know why wouldn't it all be a coincidence of course mm-hmm. it is um, but would they have asked me if I hadn't allowed myself to really desire it now the thing is is I wasn't wanting it in the like, oh, I'm craving it, I need it, I have to have it. I had no attachment to it. Mm-hmm. I just, I just said, I'd really like that. And it was given to me. And I, I've had that experience so many times. So that's, I found, a very simple way, just, I'd really like this. So even when wanting some assistance or guidance with even doing some of this work. It's exactly. as simple as saying I would really like support and guidance. Yes. With the truth of what is really true for me here. Exactly. I'd like to have clear insight. I'd like to let go of all resistance and reluctance. I'd like to know that I'm being guided and led. I'd like to feel uh, authentically guided and led. I'd like to... Whatever. 
Mm-hmm. Yes, and this is something we must practice and become good at because this is how you create a life that you'd really like. Mm-hmm. By being able to say, you know what I'd like? I'd like this. This or something better. And I do that all the time. This is what I'd like, and then I go on my way. And I let spirit figure it out. And there usually will be a number of choices along the way. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. It's such a good question, Julie. All right. So, uh, I'm going to um, Felicia's asking a question about uh, class with Venerable tomorrow. The class with Venerable tomorrow is not for the year one students, but you'll have a class with her starting next month. So um, you'll you'll know about that then. Um, I'm trying to think of some other things. Oh, the community calls. Uh, I'd like to just tell you about that before we do our meditation. It's not going to be a long meditation either, but you'll want to have paper and pen for it. So I'll give you a few minutes if you don't already have paper and pen. Um, the uh, One of the aspects of the Master for Living program is that we have the community calls every week. So even in the few classes, few weeks that we don't have class, we always have a community call. And um, your community calls are at 8 a.m. Eastern on Saturdays. And they're facilitated by folks, beautiful people who are in either year two or three or ascension pathways. So they've been doing this work for a while. They've done everything that you're doing. And uh, so they've been there. They've done that. And in order to be of service and to grow their consciousness, they're holding the space for you in your community call. Community call, I don't participate. You can read about the community call in your community call guidelines. And um, and then the recording gets placed into your podcast, and so you can. But we don't um, we don't um, transcribe them. Oh, I'm sorry. Thank you, Carl. It's it's uh, 11 a.m. Eastern. 8 a.m. Pacific. Um, Carl is one of our wonderful facilitators. So um, I encourage you to read those community call guidelines to jump in if you can. And again, nothing required, uh, but they are very supportive, and the people who participate in them 
generally really, really love them and are grateful for them. It's a chance to connect. And um, we are also creating a new program uh, that's uh, going to be another aspect of the community calls. And I'll, I'll probably tell you about that next week, but that's not going to start till next month. And um, just more opportunities to connect. One thing that will also be coming next month is prayer partners, which are also optional. So you'll be able to um, request a prayer partner, and then I'll assign you one and tell you how that works. And it's just a wonderful thing. And next month I'll be uh, we'll be spending a number of weeks. Uh, learning how to pray in very effective ways. And people have told me that that the prayer teachings are one of the most foundational things for their whole life, that uh, it really changes their life, that prayer work that we'll be doing after we get the New Year's intentions work done. I also want to remind you to um, right now, rather than focusing on doing a lot of things in the workbook, um, use the workbook to um, do the work that we are doing and uh, the New Year's reboot is uh, very helpful, very valuable. I strongly encourage you to focus on that right now. Focus on the New Year's reboot and doing the recommendations I have in there. Okay, Tracy's asking a question. Last question before we go into our meditation. We're going to have a little bit longer class tonight. It's usually that's how it is at the beginning of the year. Okay, Tracy. Hi, Jennifer. Yeah, I, I, well, anyway, I thought I had read somewhere that um, there was going to be a community call uh, one Saturday alternating with the sacred circle and, and so I raised my hand um, before you talked about the community call so the question might um, I mean it sounds like we have a community call every week and um, that but that's what I was going to ask what, what what do we have this weekend a community call or a sacred circle and, and what's that so yeah sacred circles won't start to next month and they're going to be small groups on a video platform and we'll alternate between sacred circles and community calls okay so that's next month so okay yeah so but right now we just have the community calls okay great yeah great. thank you tracy thank you all right and let's see we have written in here um bennett writes my ego fears and anxiety get very active between 4 a.m. and the time I get to the office on weekdays. The good, this drives my morning spiritual practice. The bad, feeling fears and anxiety. Thoughts? So I could do a whole class on this, Bennett, but what I'll tell you right now is all fear and anxiety, anxiety is fear too, of course, uh, it comes from judgment. So look for the judgments. Are you judging yourself? Are you judging others? And just give those judgments to the higher self. And say, please take these thoughts out of my mind so I never think them again. Another thing you could do, Bennett, is you could just say, you could start keeping a judgment journal. Seriously. And just, here, here are my judgments, none of which are true. Ego says, and then... Just write down the judgments um, and with the idea that you already know 
they're not true. So we're going to do our meditation now. And I'm going to invite you to get still and get comfortable. If you're sitting in a chair, um, if you're sitting, um, I like to sit Indian style. And then I can sit with my spine erect. Um, many people uh, will sit with their arms crossed or their legs crossed, non-Indian style, and with their like one foot on the floor and their one leg over the other. <coughs> that way, um, oftentimes your spine is not quite erect and you're kind of closing off the chakras. So the idea is to sit up straight and to really have your chakras open and be available. I know it's late night for those of us on the East Coast. And uh, by the way, I, I'm not convinced that we'll keep this time for the whole year. Uh, we may change it up some. Um, I'm not a late night person, but for right now, this is our class time. So we're sitting up straight. Remember, you'll have the recording. I would strongly encourage you to come back and do the meditation again. And do it at a time when you're awake and alert really available for it. So, let's just take a breath together. And we move into that place of gratitude, so grateful that we're giving ourselves this gift of healing, this gift of expansion and clarity and freedom. So grateful to open ourselves to divine insight and wisdom and clarity. So we're taking these breaths, relaxing into spirit, into gratitude. We're opening ourselves to receive, to be the great receivers. And taking these breaths of gratitude, we're asking questions of the higher self to have more clarity, more insight. And so the first question we're asking is, what is the divine vision for my life? What is the highest vision, divine vision, holy purpose for my life? We allow the higher self to answer. What is the divine vision for my life?
What is the divine vision for my life? We take a breath of love and gratitude. So grateful to open ourselves even more to clarity, to wisdom, to insight and intuition. We ask the higher self, is there a symbol that represents this divine vision for my life? Is there a symbol that represents this divine vision for my life. And then we take that breath again, so grateful, so thankful. We ask the higher self, what is it I must become in order to fulfill this divine vision for my life? What is it I must become in order to fulfill the divine vision for my life? What is it I must become to fulfill the divine vision for my life? And we give thanks once again. We open ourselves to receive even more insight and clarity. And we ask the higher self, what is it I must release in order to fulfill the divine vision for my life? What is it I must let go of, surrender, release, in order to allow the divine vision for my life 
be made manifest? What must I release? And again, we give thanks. So grateful to open ourselves even more to receive divine insight, wisdom, and clarity. And we ask the higher self, what is it I must embrace and allow in order to fulfill the vision for my life? What is it I must embrace and allow in order to fulfill the vision for my life? And the last question, we open ourselves in gratitude even more to receive divine insight and inspiration. And we ask the higher self, are there any action steps for me to take? Are there any action steps for me to take?
And again, we give thanks. We give thanks for our willingness. We give thanks for the opportunity to open ourselves to receive. We are grateful and thankful that divine insight, wisdom, and clarity are ours to receive. We are grateful and thankful to dedicate ourselves to bringing into manifestation the highest vision for our lives. So grateful and thankful that we don't have to figure out how to make it happen. We allow. We allow the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us. We allow ourselves to be lifted and carried. So grateful and so thankful that it is our divine destiny that we are accepting, that we are allowing. Truly, we share the benefits with everyone because we're one with them. In gratitude, we let it be. In gratitude, we know it's done. And so it is. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. So I'm going to have this meditation uh, edited so that it can be as a separate recording in the podcast. And so you can easily find it and use it again and go through and uh, write down your answers, which I encourage you to do now. So what is the divine vision for your life? What is the symbol that represents your divine vision? What is it you must become to fulfill the vision? What must you become? What are you to release? What are you to embrace and allow? And what action steps? So I'll just repeat that list right there again. What is the divine vision? What is the symbol that represents the vision? What must you become to fulfill the vision? What must you release? What must you embrace and allow? And are there any action steps? Remember, too, that the recording will be available very shortly and that uh, you'll also have the transcript later in the week. And these these questions are also in your workbook uh, in the section on the visioning. And from here, we'll take these pieces and along with uh, the work from New Year's Reboot and we'll begin uh, formulating the contract and laying this foundation for the year. So you can see we're investing real time and energy in this because this is going to be the most amazing breakthrough year. And you don't have to figure out how to do it. Just step by step doing the pieces as we go and uh, sharing in the Facebook group. So I'm going to play a song. I feel like we've already prayed for sure. I know we have. And so I am going to play a song to send us on our way. And... Uh, the the song that I'm going to play is 
entitled, um, where is it? Where is it? My Soul Sings Out. Uh, it's one of my favorite songs. It's by a woman named Susan J. Paul, uh, P-A-U-L. And uh, you can get it at iTunes, I'm sure, or CD Baby. And uh, it's one of my all-time favorite songs. It's called My Soul Sings Out. It's a love song to God. And uh, it's just one of my favorites. So I, I trust you'll enjoy it, too. God bless you. I love you. Have an amazing week. Mwah. My soul sings out to you, my love. My soul sings out to you, yeah. My soul sings out to you. I will love you.